welcome to Tooth Be Told. Hello, what's going on? This is Dr. Walter Aka. And Dr. Craddock, as always. And we have a special guest today, uh, Dr. Tamara Morris. How you doing? I'm fine. How are y'all doing? Good, good. So she's excited. Um, I think this is her first podcast. It is. Right? So we basically wanted to have her sing a little something for us. <laughs> Put her on the spot, right? No, we job. have okay. to. She was singing before this, so we kind of give a little sample. Give us a little um, uh, from Coming to America, Soul Glow. Oh. Can, can you do that a little bit? Just let it shine through. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> just let your Okay. That feeling, good. feeling also silky smooth. Okay. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, now you definitely know what this is all about, right? Exactly. It's not about coming to America, even though it's one of my favorite it movies. Be. We should do a podcast Me just too. based on coming to America. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but okay, anyway, so let's begin. Today we have Dr. Morris here because he's a periodontist. Uh, and a lot of people have been asking us, okay, hey, do something about perio gum disease. So this is what we're going to do. Well, let's be honest, you're a periodontist, so. Yeah, I couldn't have myself on there. That just okay, sounds okay. really. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, 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 I have an ego, but not that much. Hey, <laughs> <You're> right. <Okay. laughs> so, so Dr. Morris, please give us a little background. Um, I am originally from Houston, Texas, and um, around the time I was about 15 or so, my mom moved us up to Detroit, Michigan. Up there, I finished my last two years of high school at performing arts. I went on to the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, go blue where I always wanted to go anyway, after Michigan came back to Detroit. Did a year at Wayne State University, and during that time, I worked full-time as a dental assistant. So I kind of got a chance to understand that that side or the or the, the grunt work of, of what we do. and then So does that make you appreciate your dental assistants? Yes. Okay, yes, I, I treat them, and I try to treat them with a lot of respect, be there as a mentor, just as, you know, my mentor dentists were there for me. Dr. Aka, you can learn from that. Oh, for sure. I'm okay with it. I can't. No, no, don't <laughs> be. No. That's their, they're well, an extension say, of you, you know? You know, I, I will say that um, recently I had to do some work without my assistance. Uh-huh. And let me be honest with you, I had no idea what anything was. Uh-huh. I called her. I called my assistant, Jennifer. You know, shout out to Jennifer. I called her. I said, hey, Jen, uh, can you please tell me where Look at that. everything is? Exactly. Yeah. And she's like, oh, God, yeah, Doc. You know, it's right here, 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 here. And I was like, huh, okay. Well, yes. I definitely do. I do lean on them a lot. So yes. I definitely appreciate it for that. You have to. No, absolutely. And that goes for all the dentists that are listening. Stop being jerks. Appreciate your assistance. <laughs> appreciate this should be them. National Assistant Day. It should. And We're going to make it official right now. Make, they, there is a National Assistant. It was like three months ago. Oh, see? Oh, well, and okay. It starts there. <laughs> that well. It starts there. Learning <laughs> when the day is. Exactly. How about that? <laughs> now no, I know. I didn't know either. <laughs> well, go ahead, know. please. Um, but during that time, I took some more science classes and um, was able to get into dental school at the University of Detroit. Mercy, beautiful school. Um, beautiful learning environment, finished there and, um, moved on to Chicago. I had a National Service Corps scholarship. So I wanted to focus on treating the underserved and underinsured. And so I did that for five years and something in me just had to go back. And, um, I wanted to do surgery, perio surgery. I didn't want to put people's faces back together, even though I love extractions, but I just didn't want to do the whole macro type of surgery. I really love the micro part of perio. So I went back 
And I dropped everything, man. I was living in like a high rise apartment in Chicago overlooking Lake Michigan and oh, must oh, be nice. Living it up. Must okay, be nice. floor, like the L was right basement. there. I had a basement apartment. That's a, I had a basement apartment too. Man, must be no. nice to be a I dro- no, I dropped Michigan, all that. Okay. Yeah. And then right. moved back to Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> and and fulfilled my dream of becoming a periodontist. And after that I just said, you know what, I wanna go back to where I came from and I always was trying to get back to Texas and that's where I wanted to raise my family. Here we are. I started a practice upon moving down here, and um, that's it. That's my story. Okay. All right. So uh, one question I always try to ask people whenever I'm talking to them is, what's your biggest professional regret? Wow. That's deep. When have you ever asked that? This is the first time. No, no. I'm talking about I'm doing it now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I never (laughs) asked that on the podcast. Okay. But let me just be me. me, I'm just giving you honest here. Please. (laughs) That that was deep enough. Please, (laughs) go. Um, I guess how everything went, I guess with me being a National Health Service Corps scholar, I had an obligation of about two years that I had to um, dedicate to the underserved. Um, But I think shortly after that, I would have liked to go back and do my residency a little earlier. I don't want to take back having that experience, but I think five years may have been a little bit long to be out and go back. And so I think I would have went back and I may have done, you know, perio first and crazy as it seems, go in for oral surgery, kind of do both of them. So you want nice. to do perio and nice. oral surgery. So yes, if the I had the opposite to go spectrum. Back. Well, I would want to do oral surgery for the, um, to learn how to sedate patients. I, I think see. that when someone's life is in your hands and you're pushing medications into them and altering their consciousness, I think that a four year residency um, where you're taking the patients in all different levels of, of sedation is, is necessary. Okay. So well I think for that experience and like, you know, over time you'll get, you know, if you have a surgeon's hands, you have a surgical touch, you're going to be able to remove wisdom teeth. And so, but I think from the sedation, managing um, compromised patients, I think that would have been great. Okay. Well, so the reason you're here is because you're a periodontist. Yes. Right. Uh, let's not talk about oral surgeons. You know, how, oh, wow. you know how I feel about that. <laughs> no, no, I'm messing around. Um, but as, know uh, how to sedate a patient. <laughs> there you go. You that. As, a, as a periodontist, yes. you know, um, you deal with gum disease, bone loss, mm-hmm. right? You do implants and stuff like that. But let's start with the basics. Okay. What is the periodontist? What do you do? And explain to how to to our listeners how you can benefit them. Okay. Well. It's a lot. It's a loaded question. I know. It is. All right. According to the American... No. Okay. In my words, what a periodontist is, a periodontist is a dentist that has had, you know, additional training in the area of periodontology or the gum tissue. So we help manage, um, rebuild, maintain the periodontium, which includes the gum tissue, the supporting bone, and everything in between. And so um, another nickname for us are also the plastic surgeons of the gums or the plastic surgeons of the mouth. So we also know how to recontour and develop more gum tissue in particular cases. You know, it's funny. I have a friend uh, who's a periodontist, too. And uh, he actually used that line. Oh, I'm the yeah. plastic surgeon in the mouth. I've, I've right. heard that before. And I just thought he was hitting on girls. He no. would uh, use uh, it <laughs> situation. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, and so. True. No, that, that actually is a top, but it's still, it sounded weird when he did it. Yeah. It, it was well, almost kind of creepish. <laughs> it was very creepish the way he used it. No, when I know. say, if I have to do it quickly, I just say, I'm a periodontist and then patients like, give me like deer eyes. And then I say, yes, I'm a dentist that focuses on the gum tissue and dental implants. Okay. All right, cool. 
Soft tissue management. Is soft how, tissue. That's how Walter likes to. Uh, oh, I do like it. soft tissue management. That sounds a lot better to me. It makes me seem like I do a lot more. <laughs> you do a lot. Right, thank you. You do a lot. I want, I want you guys to continue there's to a, feel better. There's a lot that goes on with this. There is. We don't know that. That is true. You know, uh, I want to talk about when it comes to general dentists and referring patients to you that have gum surgery. Do you find that a lot of general dentists, and again, you're not throwing shade on anybody, but do you find that a lot of general dentists don't shade. refer? Don't refer to uh, periodontists because be they're like, oh, I want to keep it in-house. I want to just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Talk about that. Let's talk about it while I'm on my first mimosa, okay? Because <laughs> I can get a little angry. No, please. I want you to be honest. <laughs> Tooth be This is therapy here. Is it therapy? Is therapy? therapy? I don't know. I may be a bitter Betty. That's okay. Fine. Well, no. Um, well, it's a business. You know, uh, dentistry is a business and people have their own patients. And every day we're being faced as business owners and as healthcare providers on making the right decisions and, you know, the right treatment options for our patients. Referring is really, really important, but it's also something that isn't happening in many, many, many dental offices. Sometimes they are referring and the patient just puts the piece of paper in their pocket and they keep moving. Sometimes the dentist thinks that they can repair the issues in-house or that means like inside the dental office by keep scaling and root planing or doing a deep periodontal therapy on the teeth over and over and over again. Um, so sometimes they feel like they can solve the issues in-house. And why can't they solve the issue by just doing the deep cleaning? Because if you've been to the dentist and you had a gum exam, you hear little numbers, ones, twos, threes, fours, fives. And our instruments can't clean beyond a five. So you're at, if you're at the dental office and they're saying five, five, five or six, five, five, those should be red flags like, wait a minute, will I be able to get a complete dental cleaning here in the office? And even though the hygienist will wail on those teeth and try to get them clean, we just have our limitations with those instruments. So what we do as periodontists is we make the environment able for the patient to keep clean. So we make those pockets of five, six, sevens into fours, twos, and threes in depth. Those are millimeters. And so the patient is able to keep the teeth clean at home and the hygienist is able to do a more adequate job in the office and essentially save your teeth. So you're telling us for our patients and our <laughs> listeners, if you keep going back to the dental office and you keep hearing the same numbers, you yes. know, whenever they probe around, you hear five, six is whatever. That means that you're just basically spinning your wheels, right? Exactly. Yeah. Things are going to keep spinning, spinning. And the body is very sensitive to things like stress. So sometimes we'll see a patient who we may have been able to maintain at a five and they may come back for their three, four month visit and they have a seven and we see blood coming from that area and they have other sevens and eights and they didn't have those probing depths before. And we say, well, what happened? What's changed in between that time? And depending on the age of our patient, I may say, have you had to take care of a, a parent recently or a loved one? And they say, yes. You know, how do you know? I said, uh, your gums are kind of telling you that, telling us that story because your stress has increased, which increases inflammation. And that's all that the periodontal patient needs. Just a little bit of excitement, a little bit of hormonal changes, and the body starts reacting to those things very rapidly. Let me get this right. Bleeding gums is not normal. No. Is that what I got out of that? If, right. If your hand bled, would that be normal? It's what? If, if you your hand was bleeding, would that be normal? I mean, I guess not. But then if it's in the mouth, then people ignore it. 
Blood is blood anyway, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So bleeding gums are not, not normal. I want you to explain to us, you talked about stress and, and, mm-hmm. and so what are some of the things that people need to look out for? What causes some of the bone loss? What are some of the people that, you know, you automatically think, hey, red flag, this person more than likely will have gum disease or bone loss? You know, sometimes it happens and you're like, I can't believe that they have gum disease. You know, sometimes the patient has great oral hygiene. Um, Sometimes the patient just has one speckle of of tartar and it caused a big bone defect. Sometimes the patient comes in with a mouthful of tartar and they don't have any bone loss at all. So that tells us that it's, it's not just dependent on one thing. It's dependent on two. Okay. Number one, how the body reacts. Two the insult to the tartar. The other thing is, of course, the tartar or the bacteria plaque that is attached to it. Okay. So I guess, you know, where I'm kind of leading this is someone like a, someone who has, who's a smoker, mm-hmm. right? Are they at a higher increase for gum disease, bleeding, um, bone loss? Yes. Right. So smokers are definitely more prone to periodontal disease. Why? Because within the, you know, the cigarette smoke and within the chemicals um, that are within the cigarette, that causes the body not to be able to fight off those infections as efficiently, I guess. So um, it slows those those special cells down that help, you know, clear out and clear infection and make the body more prone to bone disease. But with a smoker, um, do you also see a decrease in, in bleeding, though? Right? Yes, you do see a decrease in bleeding. But that's because when you smoke... Those blood vessels constrict. They get tight. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you had to make that noise, but it's okay. No, we got to drive that point home. So when that happens, then the blood can't get to the to the gum tissue and to the bone. And that also has like the healing properties within it. So the smoking kind of masks that, you know, which is why, you know, you can't get a nose job or a tummy tuck if you're smoking, okay? Because those <laughs> blood vessels can't get to that tissue. They can't get to that nose to heal it. So not only are we talking about periodontal disease, we're also talking about tummy tucks. More widespread here. I'm telling you, you never know what may happen here. <laughs> Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> we will talk about that. I hope they're not smoking. As a, as a GP, um, I think one of the things that's... Um, and talking to some of my other colleagues with referring to perio is a lot of them just don't know what, um, how or how a periodontist can help them in their, in their practice. Um, and to, I think a point that you made earlier, they try to keep it in house and try to deal with issues without sending out, which, uh, is, is bad for the patient and the outcome of the case because there's things that you can do very simply that could definitely affect the, the longevity of the restorations and things that they yes. do, right? Like uh, one one thing that I was talking to another GP about was uh, crown lengthening, mm-hmm. uh, the procedure of crown lengthening. Yep. Um, can you kind of give me your estimate of when crown lengthening is needed and and why and how it helps? Well, I, I guess first start off with what is crown lengthening? Okay. Exactly. Right. I mean, this sorry. is when I, I come jump. in. <laughs> this is when I come in. <laughs> so crown lengthening is when a patient has a pretty big cavity on a tooth, um, and typically that cavity is in between, you know, two teeth. And it's gone so far where it's down to the gum line. And so in order for the uh, general dentist to do an adequate crown prep for the crown or for the cap that is going to go over that tooth, they need more room. They need more tooth structure. So what we do as periodontists is we create that space that not only the dentist will need to do an adequate prep impression and make you a new crown or cap, some people call it, 
but also so the gum tissue can be happy. It likes to have its room to breathe. Okay. So the bone where your, you know, where your tooth is sitting in doesn't like to be right on top of that, of that crown. If that happens, then it'll be puffy. So you ever wonder why, man, I got this crown last month and Ever since, it's been bleeding and the gum tissue is puffy. Or you see a patient with new veneers or crowns on their front teeth and now they have this red halo around on their gingiva. That's because that that tissue and bone needed more room to breathe and stretch. And so that's where we come in to prevent that. So bleeding is not normal. Bleeding is not normal. I, th- okay. I, think, I think you've... No, no, I got to make sure home. people understand that. Because I get a lot of questions like, oh, I mean, I'm bleeding, but it's okay, right? And I'm like, no, no, bleeding is not normal. I get that so many times where people just ignore that. Mm-hmm. You know, your body's telling you that there's a problem, but everybody just ignores it, right? It's kind of like right. if you have a broken finger or an arm or something and, and there's pain. That's your body saying that there's an issue here yeah, you need to solve. Exactly. But a lot of people for their mouth, they just ignore it. They just, ah, oh, you know, it's bleeding. Oh, I, I bleed once in a while. Once in a while is not good. But, but what I'm saying yeah. is you should not bleed sporadically. You yeah. should not bleed mm-hmm. just, just randomly. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And people ignore that. And that's your body telling you there's a problem. Correct? Exactly. All right. So please tell us now. What you do when it comes to crown length and how do you do a crown length? Hopefully the dentist has prepared the tooth for the crown. Um, I typically will not do crown lengthening without that because that gives me some really good information about what I need to do to give the dentist enough room to do the uh, crown prep and the impression. So when the tooth is prepped, I gently remove the temporary crown and I gently and lightly lay the gum tissue back. My okay. Goodness, what does it sound? It sounds like, like it's kind of, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing to that gum? <laughs> what are you doing to that gum? Make love, not war. <laughs> I can yeah, see no, that. Okay. And well, then okay. I remove. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, please. And then I remove some of that um, bone from around the tooth and do some manicuring of the gum tissue and the bone, lay the gum tissue back, and then I use a dissolvable stitch to bring the tissues back together. And the healing goes for four to six weeks. And at that time, the tooth is ready for its final impression and crown. People always ask me, people say, that's so painful. It sounds very painful. How bad is it really? No, it's not too bad. I actually had it done myself. Um, I had to have crown lengthening. And so um, I only had to take ibuprofen twice. And when I did take it, I mean, it's like a dull, achy little pain. But as soon as I took the ibuprofen, I was fine. I didn't have any issues at all. Have you ever had patients uh, complain of pain after crown lengthening, Dr. Hager? No, no. They usually complain about other stuff. You okay. know, like, oh, why do I have to wait four weeks or okay. six weeks? They complain about that stuff. I just I just usually tell them to go back to a general dentist and I ignore them. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And I have to deal with those. Yeah. Those. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm messing around. I mean, honestly, like, I, I feel like a lot of people, that's the only thing to complain about. Oh, why does it take four weeks? Yeah, and I have to explain to them that hey, your gums and everything have to heal before you get a crown on there. If if I'm being honest, as a GP, that's probably the biggest um, factor for why GPs don't refer is because they know that when they do refer for the crown lengthening, um, are they actually going to go get that crown lengthening procedure done? Um, And will they come back? And they have four to six weeks. They may go get a second opinion. Someone else will just do that crown and say, "Go on your merry way," which is wrong because they should, like you said, they shouldn't be bleeding. They shouldn't be in pain. And if they don't. Get the crown lathing. This is a restoration that's not gonna. It's not gonna solve their problem. They're still gonna have issues. Yeah, I mean that's a lot. What's going on? We're kind of doing dentistry in fear, and that's when I say about it being a business. At the same time, it's a business, and 
you know, doctors need their patients. But at the same time, we have to do our best to educate the patients and build trust. I, I blame insurance personally. Uh, you always blame insurance. That's the one thing you. Every insurance time, is your friend. No, every time we talk about insurance, this is what he does. It's just I, a game. Anti- you have to know how to play. Exactly. You got to play by the rules. But if insurance really cared about, and I'm not going <laughs> to say they care about their patients. If they really just cared about the fees that they paid, they would require crown lengthening on many of these crowns that are are placed and cover it as such, so that dentists would be forced to get it to refer it, and periodontists forced to get it done. So that they wouldn't have to pay doubly for these crowns that are being remade, uh, for these teeth that are being lost. Um, and so for me, it's just them being stupid. That's, that's how I see it. But you're basically telling that, you're saying that the insurance should be the reason why dentists do good jobs. That makes no sense. They, they, they dictate treatment in some cases. And this is a situation where I think that just if you play the numbers game, numerically, they should, they should cover it. To protect their bet. Again, you have to remind the patient that insurance is more of assistance. It is a coupon. It is a gift certificate. You have a $2,000 gift certificate for a treatment that may cost $10,000. And as long as you play by the insurance game, do good verifications of the the benefits, and sometimes overcollect for those fees or those codes that may not be covered, that's what we have to do. On the other side, we are business owners. We practice in fear from time to time. So we just have to make it a judgment call. Just because there's an ADA code out there for a gingival flap doesn't mean that you put that on your treatment plan, you know, to add fees. Okay. Exactly. So do you, you know. want to, do you want to talk about something? I feel like she okay. just got a little person. Like she's no, mad about something. I'm not mad about anything. You sure? I mean, Please talk. I is it Monday? She, I think <laughs> is it mad as hell Monday? No, no, I'm not mad. I just get a little passionate, right? About no, and, and a few things because you know I own yeah. my own practice, right? And so it's how is that? Walt doesn't know about that. I don't know about own my own practice. Thanks a lot. Wow. <laughs> wow. So tell us how is it? How awesome is it to have your own practice? <laughs> it is amazing. It's full of ups and downs. Right. Um, I cry a lot. Oh. Uh, (laughs) so, but it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of highs and, and, and some lows, you know, because at the end of the day, everything is on you, but nothing beats me having the key to my own practice. And Mm -hmm. if I feel like going in there on a Sunday and turning on, um, Gucci Mane's, uh, (laughs) station on Pandora and skating around in my socks, I can do it. When was the last time you did that? Probably last year. Oh, good. Okay. We I don't put it on talk Facebook. Okay. <laughs> and you are not shy about it. All right. I'm so not. let's get back to what we were talking about. So tell us exactly what periodontal disease is. Okay. How does a patient know that they have periodontal disease? And what are some of the treatments for periodontal disease? That's a three hit combo right there. Okay. You got it. Yeah, well, we got it. Okay. That's good. I can okay. Do you're this. talking as Boom. if you are an M- NPR. Go back to your regular voice and let's talk about it. <laughs> First, then. Okay, <laughs> wait. I had to get. No. I had to get. You no, know, this is serious. I got. Weird. I got serious. Like hit it with like rapid punch. Like I did. question. There you go. Because so I just said Gucci Mane in my last <laughs> sentence, and then now I have to. Now I'm in my board certification. Okay, go. so here go. we go. Periodontal disease. Periodontal disease. So periodontal disease is um, basically inflammation of the gingival tissue. Um, you may notice some puffiness and bleeding of your gums. And people would say, well, yes, that's gingivitis, right? Well, yes, gingivitis is an inflammation of the gingival tissue, but the supporting structure, the bone structure has not been reduced. 
when a patient crosses over to periodontitis, that's when we've actually lost horizontally, where the bone all comes down at one level, or vertically, where it comes down in angles, bone attachment to that too. And so that puts you in the category of periodontitis. So let me summarize real quick. If you have gingivitis, yes. you just have bleeding gums, inflamed tissue. Yes. If you have periodontal disease, you actually now are involved with the bone and bone lost. That's correct. Tissue, right? So if a patient has periodontal disease, that's what you deal with. Mm-hmm. And they have like five, six, seven millimeter pockets, mm-hmm. right? What do you do? to reduce those pockets and what can the patient do at home? And you know, again, I'm hitting you with so many different oh, questions, fine. but let's start with what do you do and then what can a patient do at home? Okay. So the first step before anything is done is we have to do our clinical exam that involves full probing. So getting those numbers, two, three, two, four, three, four. Okay. From there, the patient is diagnosed and they are prescribed a scaling and root planing or deep cleaning or periodontal therapy. And that is when the dentist, the dental hygienist, or the periodontist cleans underneath the gum tissue, removes those, um, as many of those hard deposits that they can get in contact with, and that reduces the inflammation of the gum tissue. Then after that step, the patient should come back four to six weeks later for a periodontal reevaluation, And that's when another probing is completed. Hopefully by that time, some of those numbers may have reduced. Typically, those fours turn in, those fours turn into threes and those fives turn into fours. But when we have our higher numbers, like our eights, our sevens, our sixes, they either remain the same or they reduce to maybe like a five. Okay. And from what I said earlier, our instruments can't reach down that far. So when the, when they come back and their, the numbers are still fives, mm-hmm. then what? Then it's time for them to see the periodontist. That's you. Yes. So, so whether, do do? well, whether it's just one spot. And so this is a message out to our dental hygienist, to um, our general dentist that may be listening, even if it's a five and it's bleeding or not bleeding, that is still a sign to send the patient to the periodontist, just one. And so at that time, that's when I do a pocket reduction procedure where I gently and uh, lightly, softly <laughs> reduce those periodontal pockets to twos, threes, fours, to make them cleansable at home and in the dental office. So the way you do it is with surgery or with yes. not surgery? How do you? Well, I do it with, it is a surgical procedure, kind of like what I explained with the crown lengthening, where I lightly, gently reflect the gum tissue back, so on and so forth, manicure the gum and the bone. And also I can visually see that tartar that's down at the base of that pocket that I wasn't able to do before instead of just cleaning blindly. I see. You know, it's funny. One thing that I always tell my patients is uh, I I use the analogy of like potholes. Mm -hmm. I say, you know what? It's kind of like, imagine if I went in there and moved the gums out of the way. You're going to see little potholes. That's the bone loss. That's good. Right. And so I go in there and I clean out the potholes Mm -hmm. with all the dead tissue, the gums. I clean all the dead tissue, the bacteria and everything. I clean that all out. Now I'm left with a pothole. So what I do is I, if I, if the pothole is deep enough, I have to fill that pothole. That's right. And that's with bone grafting. And bone grafting basically could be cadaver bone or it could just be synthetic bone, but I had to fill it with something, yes. right? To kind of level it all out. So imagine going and I, I like to use little roads around this area, mm-hmm. like Westheimer or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, ma- imagine a horrible pothole filled road. When you're in the car and stuff. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> From, you know, when I went to Pittsburgh, I could just use any road. In Detroit, it's so bad. <laughs> and, 
exactly in Detroit. Oh any road you could, right? So imagine a pothole. You don't want your car to be sunk into that pothole. That's so right. so what you want to do is you want to level it up to the level of the street. Mm-hmm. And that's the analogy that I use for my patients. That's and perfect. say if I can fill that up to that level, I can't go past that level, mm-hmm. but I can fill it up to that level mm-hmm. and then I cover it with like a tarp, which is a membrane. Cute. Oh man, I'm telling you. Love it. It took, it took me a while to find this all out, right? <laughs> okay. So I give them the analogy, like, hey, listen, pothole, clean the pothole mm-hmm. out and then fill it and yes. then I cover it up. And then I put your gums right back to where they were yes. so that your body can heal itself. Mm. And when we do that, then the, hopefully the deep pockets will be reduced to, like you said, the threes and the fours and the twos and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. And and so that's, to me, is a summary of what periodontal disease is and the gum disease and how I can resolve it, right? right. But there's also a laser that... that some general, some periodontists use yes. to get rid of those deep pockets. Explain that to us, please. Yeah, so it's a procedure called LANAP. Yes, you may hear that your dentist has a laser and they say, oh, we have a laser here, a laser here. Not all lasers are created equal. So the Millennium Laser, and I'm not a spokesperson, is the only uh, laser that's ADA approved for growing new bone and new tissue. So that means that the procedure that I was speaking of with laying the gums back gently, that can all be done closed without any scalpels or any, you know, anything really scary like that. It could all be done underneath the gums with the laser. So it is a procedure that is much less invasive. So really no cutting of, you know, cutting the gums or anything. Correct. So it's no cutting the gums and gently. Reflecting the back. <laughs> is it as predictable and is it as good as the surgery part of it? Research shows that it is not superior to traditional therapy. And that was very <laughs> politically correct of you. Mm-hmm. I'm saying no. Right, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, so we talked a lot about like, you know, what a periodontist can do to improve the health of a patient in, in situations. What happens for that patient that wonders, um, what happens if I do nothing? So I have this pocket, it's staying the same, and I have this, or I have this vertical defect, you want to fill in like a pothole, but, you know, it doesn't really hurt me, so I don't really want to do anything. What, what is the risk that that patient runs by doing nothing? They're going to lose the tooth. Oh, huh? <laughs> how fast? <laughs> that was very bold. Mm, it depends. You know, it depends on their health. You know, if the patient is a diabetic, if the patient has a high stress level, if the patient is overweight, because there's more inflammatory mediators that are pumped out. So those are those little, I, I use the analogy of they're like little soldiers that fight, you know, insult, you know, and fight bacteria. It depends what's going on in that person's life that will let me know how fast they will lose the tooth. But doing nothing will pretty much, you know, end in them having like a, maybe an abscess, a gum boil, um, the tooth becoming loose. And they could just be out at dinner, just chatting it up with their friends and just bloop, your tooth just fell out into your soup because you decided <laughs> to, do, to do nothing. <laughs> to do nothing. Uh, she said uh, bloop, <laughs> bloop. I mean, this is something that was taught in my dental school, but uh-huh. we lose more teeth to periodontal disease than any other factor, correct? That's right. right. That's, that's still proven. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize that it's the silent killer. It's kind of like, you know, how a heart attack is a mm-hmm. silent killer. Mm-hmm. So is periodontal disease when it comes to bone loss and, yes. and, and mm-hmm. losing your tooth, right? You don't know that you have a problem until it's way too late. Then you have, like you said, the, the gum boil or like pain. The then tooth is already loose. It's too late. The tooth is yeah. loose. Or the tooth is already loose and then it's too late. Then they so, want like a single implant right in the front right and the tooth is loose when there's and that's no a whole other yeah gum disease yes. periodontal disease yes is it contagious i get that question a lot 
Is it contagious? Um, the evidence is weak that it is contagious. Explain that to us. So, I think it's horizontally and vertically. Oh my gosh! Why are you taking me back? I do feel like <laughs> well, this is why you horizontal here. and vertically. Because <laughs> right. yeah. so, I know so, some, so. somebody out there needs their eyebrows raised. <laughs> like, what the heck? It's just what you, it's just how it sounds. So vertically, um, from let, let what, me, what me, I can remember, if you and 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 somebody you care about, you know, are, are, are kissing or making that's oh, the horizontal. Oh, oh, that's, that's horizontal. horizontal. Okay. Yes. So oh, horizontally. See, okay. You see, this that's is exactly why. Okay. This is exactly why we can never have anybody on this show. Boink, da, da, boink, because, boink, boink. That needs to be the music. And I need you to stop encouraging him. <laughs> boink, 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 boink. <laughs> so please tell me if you're if you have a significant other, mm-hmm. can you transfer the bacteria that causes gum disease to the other person? No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Not to my knowledge. What does that mean? To my knowledge, you cannot pass on periodontal disease bacteria by kissing or by anything like that. It may be uncomfortable kissing somebody with periodontal disease, but you cannot pass on, to my knowledge. Well, why would it be uncomfortable to kiss someone with periodontal disease? Because it may smell a little funny. Okay. So they have perio breath. Yes, What's and it's a what, what, it's a particular smell. What is what is what is if what you, is it smelling? If you would describe perio breath. What does it smell? Describe it. So uh, other people mm. in an elevator might be able to know. It's like a mixture of ammonia and sulfur. Mm. To so me. dirty feet. Yeah. Well, feet you, can be more like would you say like corn chip like <laughs> kinda. Would you say not washing your body for a few weeks? No, that's, that's more a, that's a like a, that's, that's different. different yeah. That's different. Like I said, it's ammonia. It's kind of sharp. Would you say rubbing dog feces on yourself? <laughs> no, that's horrible. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what it smells like. It and smells so I'm like to help people. It kind of smells like okay. Take a sniff of ammonia and take like rotten egg. That sulfur like smell, you know. Um, if you're riding down the highway and you pass like a sulfur plant or you're riding beside a sulfur truck, it's like that eggy smell. So it's kind of a mixture of like that sulfur and that ammonia. So it stinks. That's, yeah, it, ha- it has a distinct smell. I-, I used to be in the club like, ooh, somebody has periodontal disease. Where are you? She could sniff it out. Yes. So the difference between that was before residency. the difference between periodontal breath and halitosis? Is there one? Is there a difference? You know, I guess it depends on you know. The etiology or the cause of the of the breath. Sometimes people have, you know, long little fibers on their tongue, like little hairy fibers and bacteria and plaque or um, excuse me, not plaque, but bacteria can get caught in between those hair like fibers and and emit a smell. OK, um, but a lot of times I see once I do a, a very thorough um, deep cleaning or periodontal therapy on a patient, remove all that tartar and things that's harboring that bacteria, that ammonia smell, then they tend to have fresher breath. So you're saying both of them stink? Yeah. So a tongue <laughs> scraper is also very necessary to remove that bacteria between those finger-like projections in your tongue. Got you. Okay. Well, <laughs> so can, for everyone out there, if you- uh, You got you stink have, breath. If you have stink no, breath, it's you, such a you, sensitive may, you may want to go to your dentist and, and get that checked out, right? Figure out what you have. Yes, it is not. More than likely, it isn't gastrointestinal. And I know some patients are like, oh, because I ate uh, that garlic. Well- Acid reflux. Then it should change yeah. your diet, right? Yeah, yeah acid reflux. Yeah, still diet. And then if you have acid reflux that bad, you probably do have some some gum tissue or some uh, teeth issues from that too. Exactly, from the acid erosion. 
Can you get periodontal disease from like passed down from generation to generation? Yes, and that's where the vertically comes ah, in. Imagine so you did horizontal, yeah. which having birth. Dr. Craig, I can right. talk about that. All right, vertical. all right, all right. <laughs> Uh oh! <laughs> wow. So talk to us about you know passing it down. So so what's the one question that you ask patients, and how do you know that you actually got it from your parents, yeah. you know, and not just from like tartar and stuff? Yes, when I see a typically patient in their late twenty, excuse me, um, clean cut, neat. Why they gotta be clean cut? I, I'm just I'm just describing a a neat patient. What if a they patient. have a beard? That you can have a clean cut. Beard. Okay, cool, got it. Okay, okay. <laughs> they come in and you know they seem pretty put together. The oral hygiene is decent. Okay, I'm not saying perfect, but it's decent. I look up on the screen and they have all of this bone loss. Um, the teeth are barely being held in. One of the first questions I ask them is, "Are your parents indentures, or do you remember your parents losing their teeth?" And if they if they um, know their parents, you know, sometimes I have patients that have been adopted and they're not sure, but if they do know and have knowledge of it, they say yes. And that's how things are passed down genetically. So that other component is the genetic component. When I say there's two components, there's the tartar and the plaque, and then there's the other component of genetics. So how does the genetic, like, how does that differ from when you have the tartar and stuff like that? How does that act? How does that work? It's not so much that it's different. They work hand in hand. So it's how the body reacts to that little piece of tartar that's there. I say it's either like having like a slingshot and a rock hitting, trying to hit your target or trying to kill your target with a grenade and blowing everything up. Those patients that are more prone to gum disease, their body throws a grenade. Everything's gone. Tissue's puffy. It's pus everywhere. Blood is coming out. Uh, looks gross. <laughs> she has a lot of sound effects. I like, I like that. Thanks, because I, like, I can I like hear that. myself in earphones, and it's just awesome. And and then patient with a slingshot, boink, hit the bacteria. Nothing else is damaged, so no bleeding, no this and this and this. So I see. So really, it doesn't take too much for somebody who has uh, aggressive periodontitis. That's mm-hmm. what the name of it is, right? If you get it from your parents, and you don't have much tartar, but mm-hmm. you have a lot of bone loss. It's yes. usually aggressive periodontitis. Yes. And what you said is right, right? If it's aggressive, means your body reacted aggressively to That's right. the bacteria. Grenade. Boom. Grenade. Boom. Bop. 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 Ketchup, no sauce. <laughs> Sauce no ketchup. <laughs> so, so for that patient that maybe doesn't have the genetic component that's 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 causing them to be more prone to, to periodontal disease, um, but say they're going through other systemic changes like mm-hmm. they're diabetic, mm-hmm. like you said, they're stressed. Those things, uh, those things affect how quickly the periodontal disease can can spread, right? That's right. Yeah, those things throw their own grenades. So the body is kind of either hyper responding to what's going on or not responding fast enough. The body is not capable of fighting off those infections. So if someone has like diabetes, for example, yes. they heal slower. Yes. Know, we know that. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying that if you have a uh, if you have the inflammatory response, meaning like a lot of just bacteria and, and your body's trying to kill and fight off the bacteria, mm-hmm. you're gonna do a slower job of doing that. Right? So do you find that patients who have diabetes uh, actually have more periodontal disease? Yes. I know that uh, some periodontists are fighting for, you know, when a patient is initially diagnosed with diabetes, they go see an eye um, doctor, they go see their podiatrist, they go see um, a list of doctors, their nutritionist. And periodontists are trying to get onto that list because that's how involved 
um, a patient can be when they have diabetes and periodontal disease. They definitely work hand in hand. So if the patient is already prone genetically for periodontal disease and they've been diagnosed with um, diabetes, then that can be disastrous for the supporting bone for those teeth. Okay. Wow. Um. So, man, we've been talking for a while now. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up because I feel we like can we go because we oh, can talk about the burial. Like, 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 I was like exactly. I didn't, I felt like it's been like ten minutes. Oh my word, that's amazing. <laughs> and she makes a lot of weird noises too. Like lot, no, I, I do. I do. <laughs> but we'll we'll stop for right now just so we you know we can go ahead and bring her back maybe for round two, three, four. Yeah, I would love to. Also, so, you get the invite. That that's this is is this the second time or the first time that you've offered the invite? I didn't. I didn't. I never didn't, be on the show again. I didn't offer directly to her. I just offered <laughs> to do to do perio again. Uh-uh. Okay, uh-huh. I gotta see if she's gonna correct me or. I go against what I'm gonna say. Okay, the, the show's not over yet. Uh, it's not can, over yet. We can always switch. We can always switch paradox. Uh, no, apparently, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no. Uh, we definitely appreciate you coming through. Uh, we hope that everybody understands, you know, what gum disease is, and we hope that they understand what periodontal disease is. And there's so many other things that you do yes. that we will talk about another time uh, when it comes to gum surgeries and so forth and yep. so forth, right? Implants, sinus lifts, and so forth, right? But the key is to basically understand that gum disease is something that does happen on a regular basis and you need to kind of nip it in the butt, correct? Yeah, exactly. Right. And so that's something that we'll talk about and I hope that people got that from this. And and again, I'm going to say this one more time, but bleeding gums is not normal. <laughs> it really is not. You know? not I hate that people think that, oh, okay, well, I bleed. You know, I even saw a commercial for, I think, like one of the products Colgate or something like that and they were like oh if you have bleeding gums do this brush you know with this paste and you should be fine and sometimes you're just like all right come on that's not possible that's not possible to lie right but anyway i don't want to talk too much about because i don't want to get sued and gps refer 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 yeah yeah and general exactly general dentist i i do believe that if if you're listening you you have to do did you do diligence and send patient to a periodontist if you've been doing the scaling root planning and deep cleaning and it's not working around it's not it's not helping mm-hmm. right and yeah. that's coming from somebody who knows well and and you know dr Craydock, we, we crack jokes a lot but he has an excellent clinical knowledge that he can actually say you know what this is my patient i gotta send him over here yes. to do the best and not just thinking about what's best for him right you know a lot of pa- a lot of dentists just think what's best for them and this is not right, but that's the that's probably the only compliment you're going to get from me. I, I I'm like shocked. You no, know, no, that's if, it. If everyone could see my face, I'm like, wow. Okay, <laughs> New Year. How, how many shows is it? New Year. New, New Year. Year. Okay. New, Year, New, New me. Right. But anyway, well, thank you so much, Doctor Morris, for coming through. Exactly. Thank you so no much. No problem. It's we so appreciate much fun. it. Yeah, man. So we'll oh, definitely. Man, I don't uh, want it to end. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna have to end. Come okay. On. Don't make it uncomfortable. No. <laughs> Okay. But but we're going to stop here and uh, we'll okay. basically uh, get you back so you can talk more about periodontal disease and, and talk more about what periodontists do so that people understand. We Fantastic. do have a lot of uh, episodes that we have to do. So, exactly. Yeah. So we can't just do it all in one. Okay. Right, right, right. We really don't have much material. Right, 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 right. Let's be honest. Right. Okay. So thank you so much. Thank we appreciate you. So much. you. Okay. Have a thank good day. Thank you all. Thank all you. Right. All right. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.